forever. Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show. This is where I, the voiceover. Yes, I'm just a voiceover. I have no body. Where I, the voiceover, usually introduce the announcer who introduces Kevin, but Kevin McDonald, the egomaniac, wants me to introduce him now so he can introduce the announcer who will then reintroduce Kevin McDonald, the egomaniac, again. This egomaniac wants to be introduced twice. All he thinks about is himself. And I have no body. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm, egomaniacal round of applause for Kevin McDonald, the egomaniac. I do not have a body. Thank you. I'm good with mic work. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I'm Kevin, the Ego, uh, I'm Kevin McDonald, the egomaniac. Love me! Love me! Thank you. I'm good with stand work. I had it perfect before, I swear. We're keeping this in the podcast, this part. That's okay. I'll crouch. Thank you very much, Los Angeles. Uh, what a surprise that you applauded me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we start the show, and I introduce tonight's announcer, uh, I just wanted to tell you the problems I am, I am having doing these Los Angeles shows. Um, it seems I have a subpoena carrier after me. <laughs> yes, a subpoena carrier. A man who carries subpoenas. But that's not all they do. Um, they also hand off the subpoena. They should be called subpoena hander offers. Because uh, it's the handing offing part that's the bad part. The carrying is fine. Uh, let them carry it all day, but handing off. <laughs> Anywho, every time I do a show here in Los Angeles, uh, this is true, uh, I, I get chased by subpoena carrier. The subpoena is, uh, is from my ex-wife. Sorry, my seventh ex-wife. Yes, I have seven ex-wives. Uh, uh, Tiffany, Sharon, Sharon. I like the name Sharon. Carol. Sharon, <laughs> cheater, and lawsuit. <laughs> uh, strangely enough, it's lawsuit who's trying to give me the subpoena. Um, and she always gets me the same subpoena carrier, too. Uh, the first time it happened a year ago, I was uh, doing a show here in Los Angeles at Meltdown Comics. And this is a true story. You'll know that because it's not funny. <laughs> I was about to do a sound check five minutes before the show was starting. And someone taps my shoulder and says, Kevin McDonald, egomaniac? And I say, Yes. And he says, you're my favorite comedian. May I shake your hand? And I, I turn around with my hand extended. I say, of course you may shake my... And he hands me a rolled up piece of paper and says, you've just been handed a court-sanctioned subpoena of law. I thought I was about to tell another super nerd fan where I get my ideas from, and he gives me a subpoena. <laughs> and then he takes a selfie, because I am a celebrity, a minor celebrity who had a call TV show in the 90s, but a celebrity nonetheless. <laughs> and, and then he runs out in the parking lot, and um, don't worry, I'll turn it. And I guess partially I was in shock, so I shout after him, sometimes I get my ideas in the bathtub or on the roof. <laughs> but I looked down, and, and this is the true part, uh, it wasn't a subpoena, uh, it was a rolled up Archie comic book. Um, a true story, I guess he came to Meltdown to buy, a, um, um, to buy a comic book and to give a guy who had a TV show in the 90s a subpoena, and he got them mixed up, thank you Archie and Jughead. 
and he has tried five times since. He comes to all my shows, and he tries to give me a subpoena. Um, uh, once he came, I was doing a show with Bobcat Goatweight, and this is a true story. Uh, Bobcat went out back, and he took the subpoena, and he ate it. <laughs> Comedy genius, Bobcat Goatweight. Uh, uh, Mark McKinney of the Kitchen Hall is usually there, and he hides me in the trunk of his car. Um, that's another true story. In fact, Mark's buying another bigger car with more trunk space so I can hide better. Uh, yes, I've escaped uh, the subpoena carrier hander offer several times, but sadly, ladies and gentlemen, right before the show tonight, he finally got me and handed me the subpoena. He pretended to be Adrian Barbeau. That always works for me. <laughs> I guess he did his research, hats off to him, and he got me. I was sad at first, but as he was telling me about the subpoena and my pending court date, I noticed what a wonderful voice he had. And as he was ruining my life, I noticed that he had <laughs> rather good timing. Uh, so I hired him as tonight's announcer. <laughs> I had to fire my other announcer, Doris Shaw, who's been stalking me for three years, um, but she didn't really get the script. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... My subpoena carrier and your announcer, Mr. Philip T. Kenway. Yes. Yes, hello. Yes, okay, yes. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. That's great. What a surprise to be announcing the show. I tell you what, actually, I'm still on the clock and have to give Bronson Pinchot a subpoena tonight, but what the hell? You guys seem like a bunch of fun. Let's do it. Uh, excellent. Thank you very much, Philip. And may I just say, Mr. McDonald, while I got you here, that I have given lots of subpoenas to many celebrities and... Oh, who? Well, well, lots. Well, who? Well, I, well, uh, Kato, Kaylin, and Puck from MTV's Real World. Oh, they're good. I love their work. They're good. Yes, they're great. Yes, I've given lots of subpoenas to many, many celebrities. And may I just say that giving a subpoena to you was special. Oh, so I guess you really are a fan. No. Oh, I, I guess you haven't seen my work. No, no, I've seen it. <laughs> oh, but you're not a fan, so I, I guess you haven't seen the best stuff. I guess you haven't seen many kids in the hall scenes. No, no, I've seen the episodes. But not a lot of them, I guess. No, I've seen every single one. But you said you were a fan. I, oh, I guess you never saw me on Friends or Seinfeld or that 70s show. No, I've seen them. I've seen every single thing you've ever done, buddy. But you're not a fan. Right. But you said chasing after me was special. Did I? I, I did. Okay. Mm, uh, that's funny. You know what? I guess I'm suffering from the blackouts again. Okay. Hey, shouldn't you be doing your song now? Yes, yes, I should be. Thank you very much. Oh, before we do, I just have a quick, just between us, I just have a quick question about the script here. Oh, sure. What is it? So it's just, it's just. And there you go right here, Mr. Kevin McDonald. You have just been handed a second court sanction subpoena law. We will see you in the court of Los Angeles on November 2nd in the Lord's year of 2019. Another subpoena from who? Well, your fourth wife. Yeah, she's suing you for being sued too much by your seventh wife. Thank you. I'll do the song now. Good. Hope it's a short one. Bronson Pinchot is awaiting. You got it. Um, as the 12 of you who listen to my podcast know, I'm exaggerating, the eight of you, um, I write songs. I, I write many, many songs. Far, far too many songs. Songs that change keys. Not because I'm a genius, but because I don't know what I'm doing. And people tell me later that I've changed keys. Uh, so recently, I had a friend who said I should write a song for children. 
I have children fans uh, because of the cartoons that I do. Um, and uh, I thought, why not? And, you know, why not write a song about the relationship between parents and children? Now, you know, everyone writes a song about moms and their kids because it's the most important relationship in the world, blah, 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 blah. But no one writes songs about dads and their kids. Now, I don't have any kids. I, I mean, my partner has two kids, and we all live together, so I guess they're my two fake kids. <laughs> I guess I'm their fake dad. But I, I don't have any real kids, but I do have a real dad, a real dead dad. And dads are the greatest teachers in the world. All, all the kids in the hall had dads, and we had, we had special relationships with our dads. <laughs> Three of our dads were abusive alcoholics who beat us, and one was a sober dad, but had explosive anger issues, which led to a lot of beatings. Hope you're enjoying my comedy podcast. <laughs> Um, and then there was Mark's dad, who wasn't a bad man, but he was a politician and was never home. And when he was, he was emotionally distant. So we got that. Uh, I remember one afternoon in the 80s, a uh, true story, when we were, uh, this was before the TV show, we were just a stage troupe. And the five of us were in the lobby of a theater, waiting for uh, a room to be free to get a rehearsal started. To kill time, we started telling horrible, horrible, just horrible stories about things that our horrible dads did to us. Um, I told my horrible story about how my dad was sick and knew that he was going to throw up blood, so he woke me up at 3 in the morning and threw up blood in my head. <laughs> dad gets the big laugh tonight. <laughs> uh, I got out of the way, uh, but he threw up blood in my foam pillow. I was allergic to feathers, and that was the last foam pillow in Mississauga, Ontario. Um, <laughs> Scott told his story about how his dad got mad at his brother and tried to like run him over on the, like on his front lawn, um, but he didn't. Um, Bruce told some terrible story about his dad angry and dunking his head in the toilet after he had pooed in it and before he had flushed it. And Dave told some horrible story about his dad poisoning him and trying to burn down the house. <laughs> then it was Mark's turn, and Mark said, "Once a." Uh, my dad fired my nanny right in front of me. <laughs> I, I know it's all relative, and it was probably horrible for him. I, I just think that he should have opened with a nanny story, and, and, and we should have headlined with the throwing up blood story. That's, a, that's all I think. Uh, so because of all that, I wrote this lovely song about kids and their dads. It's going to take me an hour and a half to get the guitar. My dad taught me my ABCs. I learned from dad my one, two, threes. But he never taught me four. I never learned the D. My dad said that's enough. Numbers and letters for me. My dad explained birds, but not bees. He showed me sigh, but only two of seven C's. He said, you don't need those five. That's too many C's. It's a hard, hard life. You marry, you're unhappy, then you die. Alone like me. B minor's hard. <laughs> Who is... Who is, who is free and has the time to teach his son how to tell time and who can concentrate on the alphabet 
My dad drank vodka and I can't tell time or read or count or swim. My dad taught me the ways of love. You're sent an angel from God above. But as the years go by, you start to get annoyed that her favorite shows are intervention and hoarders and the voice with Blake Shelton. Be minor again. Anything you want to tell me Dad, about the life ahead of me, even just how to drive a car. My dad went bankrupt and I can't do taxes, shake hands or use the phone. I would curse you, but it's much worse to live a half-life of regret. If I could reach you, well, I would teach you. You haven't taught me anything yet. Be a better dad, even though you're dead. <laughs> My dad was taught by his dad, who in turn was taught by Scotch and Rum and beer and even methadone. My dad drank vodka and I can't tell time or dream or sleep or love. I know there's a lot of children that snuck here tonight. I know I have lots of fans who are children. Adults sneak their children all the time. I want all the children and I want all the adults here to sing this line. I want you all to sing, My Dad Drank Vodka, kids. I want you to sing, and I want to hear it twice. Hear it twice. Ready? On the count of four. One, two, one, two, three, four. My dad drank vodka. My dad drank vodka. And now I do as well. <laughs> Now the most sued man in America is going to do a comedy sketch. Uh, just let me turn the page. Uh, yes. First, let me explain. Um, uh, the kids in the hall, uh, we, we never really wrote parody um, or political comedy. Not because we were snobs, but because, okay, because we were snobs. Uh, uh, but right now, uh, I am obsessed with Donald Trump. Um, why he got voted in, why he isn't out yet, why, why he may get voted in a second uh, term. I even have a file on my computer called Impeach Trump. Um, it's true, that's true. Um, it's, it's blank, but when I get an idea, I'll start a writing. <laughs> and I can't write political humor either. Um, uh, believe me, uh, I would love to be able to write a great satiric comedy piece about Trump and his stupidity, but when I try, I just get so angry, uh, I can't think of anything funny. Well, here, uh, here, I'll give you an example. Here's a little piece I did write about Donald Trump.
Hey everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger IV. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Uh, thank you. Um, because of my anger towards this administration, I have been watching a lot of CNN. Uh, a little too much, way too much, all day. I love Wolf Blitzer. I love, I love Wolf Blitzer. I love Wolf Blitzer uh, the way um, uh, Sean Connery's James Bond was loved. Uh, women want to be with him, men want to be him. <laughs> Sean Connery. Uh, so as a result of watching too much CNN, which I love, uh, I noticed that the commentators and the guests all have the same couple of words that they repeat all the time. Uh, like they always say, look, look, or listen, or wait a second. Um, <laughs> so as a result, I wrote a parody of CNN on a very small thing that only I noticed. So here, let's go with that. Uh, yes, as I age, my sketch writing talents have, uh, have dwindled down. I am writing a parody of a news network. Here we go. Let the mediocre sketch begin. We open on a TV studio inside the news network, CNNNNN. See parody. They are on the air about to begin one of their shows. The titles read Breakdown with your host, Captain Andrew Garnish. The, so the show starts. Captain Andrew stares into space with a look of anger and uncertainty for a few moments. So I would like to start today's show by introducing my guests, two liberals, Philip Garcia Jackson and Roberta Thomerson. Hi, guys. Hi. 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 And two conservatives, Alicia and Walton. I didn't bother to learn the conservatives' last name. <laughs> Those are my guests, and I am Captain Andrew Garnish, and let's begin the show with some breaking news. The New York Times today... Excuse me, Andrew, but uh, are you really a captain? I am a captain in a similar fashion that many celebrities like Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, and the tiny woman who played the medium in Poltergeist are doctors. <laughs> they received honorary degrees from universities. So you received an honorary pilot degree from a university? No, no, there's no such thing. Someone 
should tell people that I am one. He said this in a bar in the Hamptons while I was waiting for my rented rowboat to be ready. <laughs> Once again, Captain America, Captain Andrews <laughs> stares at his face, but this time with horror and confusion. Well, let's just start the show then. We have some breaking news. The New York Times released another story today of White House collusion. Collusion once again, not with Russia this time, but with small northeastern Canadian city, Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> That's right, Halifax, Nova Scotia is taking time off from fishing cod so they can hack into the internet in order to help Republicans win the next election. No one is sure why, not even the cod fishermen of Halifax that are behind this. You gotta turn it on. <laughs> oh. You gotta turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> what will the listeners at home think of that? <laughs> Shall we press on? Yes, press on. Oh, no one is sure why. Not even the cod fishermen of Halifax that are behind this. But they sure are doing it. Now, talk about this breaking news. Let's turn it over to our experts. Roberta? Well, Captain Andrew, Halifax, Nova Scotia has always been a strong supporter of this president and has never shied away from that. Look, at this point, collusion from this administration should be no surprise to anyone. I have hard evidence that the Secretary of State has been colluding with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hmm, interesting. Walton? Is Halifax, Nova Scotia really colluding with the White House, or are they just emailing them salty-versed fishing poems about life on a whaling ship? Look... These days, I can't send a flirty text to my best friend's wife without people calling it colluding. Nonsense. Yes, Philip. Look, Halifax is not flirting with their best friend's wives here. They're helping the Republican Party in getting illegal votes. This is colluding. Alicia? Look, there's no proof of anything untoward here. Look, right now, the only information we have is from a poorly written New York Times article. Look, this is a real story. Look, it's really happening. Look. It was written by a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Look, you're wrong. Look, story is lies. Look, Pulitzer Prize is less important than the ESPYs. Look, my mother gave me a perm when I was 12. Look, look, look. Look, 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 look. I have to interrupt this discussion with more breaking news. When asked about this at his press conference this afternoon, the president got upset, took his shirt off, and poured orange juice all over a very important nine-year-old child. <laughs> Alicia, my question to you. Is this any way for the president of the United States to act? I don't know. I've never met this important nine-year-old child. Maybe he was going on and on about how important he is. <laughs> Listen. I've poured many things on many important children. They were all the better for it. People want to see their president with some zest and doing interesting things with his orange juice. That is absolutely ridiculous. Listen, the president of the United States must have more important things to do with their time than pouring orange juice on children, especially important children. Listen, why isn't he working on gun control or climate change? Listen, he should be pouring orange juice over the heads of the Halifax fishermen he's colluding with. Listen. Listen. Go fuck yourself. Listen. 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 Look. Listen. Look. Listen. Look. Listen. Look. 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 Listen. 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 Suddenly. Listen. 
there is a giant dark shadow that covers the entire CNNNNN studio. Everyone stops talking and slowly looks up in fear. Look! Look! Trembling, they all slowly look up and see that it is. And this is only because Kevin is over 50 and has written too many comedy sketches and is running out of ideas. They see that it is the winged creature of Arthanon from the sixth dimensional world of Troger 7. Look, 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 This alarms the creature, which starts flying around, screaming blood-curdling cries. Everyone ducks under the news desk. Suddenly, everything goes quiet. After a few nervous moments, they hear something. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Suddenly, the winged creature gets louder. Listen! 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 Suddenly, the winged creature charges at them. Look! Listen! Listen! Look! Listen! Look! Look! The creature attacks and kills them all, except for Captain Andrew, who has been played, who has been played by Thomas Middleditch and is a very, very important star. Yep. Yep. Oh, thank you! Thank you! Thank you! That could have been worse. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I was running this morning and I ran past him and he thought I was having trouble breathing. And I said, come to the show. True story. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Thomas Medovich. Oh, thanks. Can I sit here? Yeah, sit here. We're, we're going to sit here. Uh, this is, well, not funny in the ha-ha sense, but we're just meeting right now because yeah. you weren't here when the show started. No, that's true. <laughs> Uh, you need more something? No, I think I'm good. I just didn't want... Oh, oh my God, sorry. Someone's on their dog walk just being like, ah! Like, I'm so stupid. Like, I didn't think your mic was off. I just thought, oh, he's doing it quietly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought, oh, I won't even check the button. <laughs> they got this one figured out. Surely they wouldn't have given me a microphone that was off. Did you all know that his mic was off? I heard four no's, but 86 yeses. I have questions. Man, I can't wait. Uh, uh, if this show had a catchphrase, it would be, um, I'm not good at interviews. Okay, perfect. Then I'm, uh, I'll, I'll save this. Okay. I'm one of the, oh, sorry. I'm one of the best at being interviewed. <laughs> oh, good. I was going to ask you that. Are you good at being interviewed? Yeah. Oh, uh, and now I really want to turn it off. Did you? No. I want that, yeah, watch that. Thank you. So far, you're great in the interview. Yeah, yeah, kidding me? Uh, uh, I don't have that many questions because my computer broke, and I made it in bigger print to think that I had enough, but I don't. This is cute. Uh, <laughs> my first question is cute. Uh, do people call you Tom or Thomas? That's a cute question. Yeah, that's a nice kick, uh, nice kick, a nice off kick to the, off to the cute. game. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, nowadays people call me Thomas when I was growing up in Canada, Nelson, British Columbia, Canada. Yo! Um, just as I was at, uh, people call me Tom, and I and that was that's fine with me. But uh, for some reason, like uh, Tom, it's like a, that Canadian Tom. Hey Tom, like T A H W M. Yes, yes. 
and uh, people call you Thomas now because, like, did you have to pick Thomas as a? I don't know why I'm raising my left hand. Uh, <laughs> you, of, sir. Because <laughs> uh, of a uh, like a SAG thing? No, uh, no. You're just Thomas. You're Thomas. I just, I just at one point I left hometown and I said, you know what? I'm gonna go full name. It was a conscious decision. I, I abbreviate decision, but go full Thomas. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's working out. It's working out great, I think. This is, it, I owe a lot to the Thomas. Does thing. anyone ever call you Tommy and you get like upset? No, I don't get upset at all. A couple people call me Tommy and they're all girls and they're all sweethearts. I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. I found a reason to talk about Dave Foley. <laughs> yeah. No, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. uh, it gets to you eventually. Um, <laughs> Dave Foley and I, <laughs> uh, we're obsessed with uh, comedy timing. In okay. fact, I remember the first hour that we met, um, no, that's a lie. Uh, we had t- taken the workshop together. Uh, the fourth hour that we met, we were taking a subway together, oh. and we talked about Jack Benny. We're obsessed with comedy timing, uh, and um, uh, the first time I saw you on TV, I'm not ass-kissing, I swear to God, oh. I-, I think you have perfect comedy timing. Uh, I, I, do you I, think that? Uh, do, you, like, do, you, uh, do you walk around going, I have perfect comedy timing? <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird if I said yes? <laughs> Just walking around. Uh, well, thank you very much. I tell you what, though, Mr. S- Mr. Mr. Kayvon. Yes? If you like my comic uh, timing, you and the rest of your kids in the hall are to blame. Oh! I mean this in, in, a, in a true moment of sincerity. This is weird for me right now. We got, got shoved on stage. We only had, we had to do the sketch, and now I'm sitting here. Yeah. I can't begin to describe you how... Infl- influential you and your, oh, and your, your comedy That's very was, nice. So. That's very like, nice. I can't even. So I'm sorry for the stuff I wrote. Just remember my good work from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Including uh, Captain Andrew uh, Garner. No, but like, I, I mean, so uh, really that compliment is just uh, it's, it's to yourself. So you're just complimenting yourself. You're inflating your own ego. You maniac. See? Uh, but but your comedy timing is sort of natural. That's another thing Dave and I go around to boring people with. Comedy oh. naturals. He, he's a natural. She's not a natural. She's a natural. He's not, you're sort of a natural. Uh, I'm, they call me the watch. natural. Yeah. They, they call me big natties, but in reference to <laughs> comedy. <laughs> right. You short that, but you long the Thomas. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, my uh, rules of the game are mixed. <laughs> Do I have anything best. more about comedy? Oh, I have one more question about comedy timing. That's, sure. That's good. Um, yeah, no, I want to ask this. Yeah. Did you like when did you first realize you had timing, or did you never like even think about it? You just like uh, became a TV star, and now you're being <laughs> interviewed by me, and I'm mentioning comedy timing. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I I, I think for me, uh, uh, for me, uh, as many comedians, I think comedy was like survival. I think right. for me, uh, I was uh, you know at the at the butt end of of, of a good ribbing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, except I was not necessarily in on the joke, uh, <laughs> uh, the, re- the 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 result of, and uh, yeah, I sort of got shoved into a, into a play from a very inspirational drama teacher, uh, Ken Burns. No, no, Ken Wilson. <laughs> Ken Wilson. Great documentary filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Ken Wilson, and he, uh, yeah, he put me in some plays, and then we sort of it sort of developed, and I used it, that was about in eighth grade, and I sort of realized like, oh, these this weirdness can be used for good. <laughs> it can be, and, I, and within a short amount of time, all my bullies were now my, f- my friends, I guess. <laughs> Which I makes had, you a bully in a way. Yeah, yeah, and then I just, I paid it forward. <laughs> I paid it forward. I let those fucking dweebs know. <laughs> They're losers, and they should get out of school. Uh, when you were a kid or a teenager, whenever it happened, 
Excuse me. Was your first thought? <laughs> was your first thought? I want to be an actor, or I want to be a comedian, or none of those. This is perfect. My first thought was, I want to be like Kids in the Hall. Really? I shit you not. I For believe you. I believe the, you. That being the aspiration to do that, what got me out of not not to say got me out of Nelson. Uh, I love Nelson, BC. It's a great town. But like to then to, I'm sorry we got you out of a place you loved. Exactly. And I miss it terribly, and I'm in this hellhole Hollywood. <laughs> Um, but like, you know, when you, when you kind of find yourself from a town like that into a town like this, it takes many steps and the propellant for many, many years was to be like, all I want to do is like get on the CBC and do what they did and find some friends to do some, some jokes and some goofs. That's very nice. Yeah. This has nothing to do with what you just said, but I I just remember when I found out I had comedy timing, uh, watching Bewitched. Uh, because I saw uh, the old Darren had great timing and then I uh, during the commercials I repeated what he said and I was better than him <laughs> seem a bad interviewer I'll turn everything around about me oh, no. oh yeah that's you like the kitchen hall another thing about me that is that's very nice of you thank you very much yes oh well here's the thing you have in common with the kids in the hall what Um, we started performing in front of an audience for the first time at theater sports Uh, and you were in theater sports yeah yeah Uh, but how did you get in that that's like a question I made it a question now (laughs) (laughs) I think you just uh, theater sports for anyone who doesn't know is uh, does anyone who know what comedy sports is here in the states right so it's like short form improv games there's like a ref right it's yeah. like whose line is it anyway but with like sports attached to it yeah yeah and if you kind of go blue like you go too racy they put like a bag on your head it's like oh. weird there's all these like weird rules can I tell you my bag in the head story say so I'll turn it around about me give it to me back to your question <laughs> um, the original kids you don't have home. this downtown <laughs> LA typhoid do you yeah, yeah I do okay great <laughs> you're all water. fucked <laughs> Uh, uh, Dave Foley, Luke Channel, Casimir, we were the original kids in the hall, and we did theater sports, and you got a bag in your head if you did something dirty. Yeah. And the suggestion I got was, like, fingering a bowling ball. So you couldn't block or deny, so I fingered a bowling ball, and they put a bag in my head. And I was an insecure fat guy, 21, and, um, and I was really sad. And I couldn't go uh, the half hour all the way home, the, the half hour away from Toronto. So I went to Luciano's house, and Luch's mother w- uh, couldn't speak English very well. And she asked why I was sad. And she said, oh, Kevin was bagged. And she, I found out later she thought that I had been buggered. Um, <laughs> so she put a blanket over my shoulders and gave me some soup. <laughs> True story. Jesus, in her mind, like, this poor kid, like, what are they doing to this yeah. guy? And Comedy, he's so sad, buggered? not that there's anything wrong. But, like, it, it, he's just, like, you're just sad about it. That's what would, your reaction would be. Like, oh, bummer, I got... Here, I'll give you a blanket. Sexually assaulted. <laughs> Um, so I'm yeah. sorry, keep going with your question. It's all about you from now on. Well, it doesn't even have to be. It can be about anything we want. Yes. Uh, yeah, theater sports. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's like uh, comedy sports for kids. And it's a great way of uh, learning improv. I get to say, hey, I've been doing, uh, doing improv since uh, eighth grade. I, I can say you did, like, How did you get into theater sports in eighth grade? We were lucky. I don't. Maybe it's not tech. It may, I don't think it was technically theater sports. But the they, the, but they came to your schools and they. Uh, it was theater sports sponsored. I, th- I think no, no. See, I think I don't think I ever actually did the full league of theater sports because so we, you're a liar. Yeah, I'm a liar. But uh, I think, you know, schools can put their own little improv teams together. And we competed in, like, little regionals. And then we made it to provincials at one point, And that was when I first saw the real theater sports kids. And they were, like, profesh. Ah. See? <laughs> uh, yes, Thomas, we see. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, that was kind of Did you ever, like, uh, try the real theater sports? No. All right. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. 
And th- th- how did you end up? By Wikipedia, do you? Oh, uh, good. H- how did you end up in Toronto? I'm pronouncing the T's. Yes. Toronto. Toronto. How how un-Torontonian. Yeah, I right? know. I know. That's I know. what you have to do. Toronto. Um, I did it I, again in pursuit of in pursuit of what what I was talking about before. Oh, yeah, you like you weren't following us because we were in Toronto, were you? Uh, I did. See, I saw you guys in Vancouver once when I was a when I was a teensman. Really? Yeah. Like performing like, or walking the street yelling at each other? <laughs> you know, I saw the. Fuck off, Scott! No, you fuck off, Kevin. <laughs> Saw the moment it all ended. Yes. No. Uh, no. I saw the, the show when you guys were doing a tour of some kind. Oh right. Okay. And um, uh, I was in th- I was in theater school at University of Victoria at the time. Uh, one now now later, uh, jumping a few years ahead. Yes. And uh, just doing theater and kind of thinking um, maybe I should try something a little bit more intense. And I got into George Brown U- U- College in Toronto, thinking, oh man, I'm going to do a conservatory oh. theater program. And then I just met people who were doing comedy, and I was like, oh wait. You don't have to do this in order to do comedy. You can just go do stand-up or sketch or any of that stuff. Okay. Fuck it. And then I dropped out of everything, and then I started doing that. Good for you. Yeah. And at the time, there was a rumor. They were like, we're at CBC was looking for a new sketch group. And I was like, great. Perfect timing. (laughs) What year was this? 2002. Three. Oh, yeah. I know what troop they found. I forget their name, though. The... Yes. Yeah, Dra- the Jurassic Parks. No, the distractions. It was like Levi McDougal and yeah, all they that were great. <laughs> they were great. Uh, so you like you started a sketch troupe? Yeah, I had a two-person thing with this guy David Denim Porter. We were called the Iliads. It was so weird. It's like good name. yeah, it's good. And then we had another <laughs> troupe called Someone in the Somethings. It's weird. It's like it's like it's like improv groups. You had these little <laughs> names. And oh yeah, we had horrible you end up names. Being like little this little band that you think you're cool yeah. and you're doing all these like trust us. You know, you're performing for your friends. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're really going to make it, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, do you ever fun. perform in the Rivoli? Yeah. Oh, wow, the place is great. I say the Rivoli like people would uh, remember what it uh, Who cares? Uh, the Rivoli is where the kids in the hall were. Who cares? I, but I talk about it with reverence like it was the Cavern Club. You probably remember the Cavern Club, do you? <laughs> it's where the Beatles played. The, the Cavern Club. <laughs> It'd be great if one guy's like, I remember. remember the Cavern Club. I, I was there. I bloody remember. <laughs> Yeah, did you say yes? You played the Rivoli? Yeah. yeah and did you know the Kitson Hall like, started there? Yes. And was that exciting for you? Yes. Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> it just was, Kevin. Yeah, okay. You've already explained why. Yeah, 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 I can't really retread that. Oh. I mean, that's going to yeah. be weird. All right. Uh, we might as well take our shoes off if we start doing that. All right. The first step. <laughs> All right. Sure. Okay, Jesus. This question is uh, not right right now, so I'm not, I'm not going to go to that question. Oh, here's a good question. Give it to me. It's a, like you moved to a lot of cities. How did you end up in Chicago? Because uh, we never went to Chicago. This stops the, your kid in the hall trail. Yeah, it's when I gave up the dream of being like kids in the hall. I, no, honestly, mainly because it sort of felt like, uh, and this was also naive, what would I possibly know of the the Canadian entertainment business at like 23 or whatever, being like, I figured it out, this is dumb. Uh, but it just sort of felt like it was impossible. And in my extremely naive and overconfident mind, I was like, okay, I'll go to Chicago, I'll get in a second city, and in like six months I'll be on the main stage, and like six more months I'll be on SNL, easy peasy, bada boom. <laughs> like, my brain was like, I guess I'll just do the SNL route. 
But isn't that what almost happened? Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, it it, it didn't. A, a, it all took much longer than that, and and B, it, it didn't end up happening. But because you uh, auditioned, okay. right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We did the little test. It was fun. It, I, I. What did you do? What was your audition? What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> I did. You know, you do three characters, three impressions. Let's see. I did a kid. Do all three. Do all three. No. I did a kid who was like 12, and he was trying to do stand-up, and so I had a little like skateboard helmet on, and, be, and it would be jokes like, uh, so uh, one time my da- uh, I eat dinner with my dad, and in order to make him uh, think I ate all my meal, I just uh, spread my peas around at the edge of the plate. And that, that was like the punchline. <laughs> yes. You know, like stuff Do the like next that. character. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what they are. Oh no! Was Lauren there? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, all the I think all the appropriate people were there. It, it, it was kind of close. Like at one point, one of the producers was like, "Hey man, stay by your phone. Looks good." And then you know it didn't happen. Uh, That's how it goes. It's show business, kid. Yeah, yeah no, I understand. I did. That. I did uh, people tell me I look a lot like Seth Meyers, and so one of my impressions was, "Hey, I'm Seth Meyers." <laughs> really edgy kind of stuff. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like it was like counter-auditioning, you know, like really underground. Anti-comedy. 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 Chicago. You know, I was just at the I.O., and your picture's all over it. Is it? Yes. Hmm. Am I making, am I lying? Or uh, in one of the (laughs) pictures? I I like the start. Am I lying? Am I lying? Or is one of the pictures, are you doing uh, improv Shakespeare? Yeah. Like you did that? Yeah, yeah. We're doing. Imp- I've done that show for gosh, I don't know, fourteen years or so. Oh my god. Um, like you still do it? Do you do it? I can't pronounce this. Iambic pentameter. Uh, here you, and there, it slips in and out. What is it? Can you do it? I've always wanted no, no, to know. No, 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 no. Do I'm, it. Do it. I'm do the it. worst at the whole thing. <laughs> I'm the guy who's clearly the worst at it. Oh, but still, I want to hear it. I, I don't know what iambic pentameter is. I can't. Buddy, pronounce I it. can't even tell you. Well, just tell me the ri- like. What is the syllables? I think it's give me something, Thomas. It's bidadoo boobity 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 boop. Is that it? No, and <laughs> something like that. I'm telling you, I'm the shitty one. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, these pictures are all really. Uh, you seem to be, have been very successful in I.O. Um, it was uh, kind of where, uh, it, you know, you. I.O. Go- stands for Improv Olympics. Yeah, Improv Olympic in Chicago. It's kind of where you know uh, I sharpen my teeth in the old long, the art of long form improvisation. You know, it treats itself very seriously there, and I think you know it was it was quite fun to do. And was, now, was, and now, you know, Kevin. Yes. Now, I'm doing sh- I'm doing shows with yeah the Improvised Shakespeare Company. This other very funny person called Ben Schwartz. We toured the country. We did a little Carnegie really? Hall action. I came back to Chicago f- some years later. Did the Chicago Theater. You know that that feels really good to come back and do that thing after starting off there doing shows that no one would show up to, and I would have to cancel the show. Well, your picture's all over it. Goddamn right it is. Uh, were you too late for Del Close? Was he dead by the time you got there? Yeah, he was, he was gone by, by, by the time I got there, but uh, his reverence uh, lived on, and I think probably still does for some folks that, that still remember him. I took a workshop with Del Close, and I remember him saying, uh, some people think uh, improv is a means to an end, but I'm t- here to tell you it's a means to its own end. And I, I thought, I was 19, and I thought, oh my God, I disagree with Del Close. <laughs> because I thought the same thing as you did. Uh, I'll, go to, I'll get hired by Second City, yeah. I'll go to Saturday Night Live, and I'll, I'll make uh, movies. Yeah. Uh, but then Second City told me that I was too weird. <laughs> uh, which, I, uh, they were Canadian, so I thought they were being polite. I thought they were really saying, you're bad. Well, hey, I t- I'll say this. I mean, not to throw too much shade. I'm not fishing! Not to throw too much shade. No, no, no. I'll talk. We'll talk. I'm just going to talk about Second City in the sense that, yeah. like, I enjoyed m- some work there, but I thought there was much. It was it was like freer in terms of an improv sense to go to Improv Olympic or UCB and all that kind of stuff. And Second City in Toronto didn't they 
they rejected me. Really? Yeah. So joke's on them. Not so funny now, huh? Second City Toronto? You jokers. Because I didn't have a Bachelor of Arts? Who cares? Did they, is that what they said? That was, like a, that was like a thing. They were like, we would prefer it if you had a Bachelor of Arts. Really? What are you talking about? Second City said that? That's what they're saying. That's what they wanted. Are you lying to me? I remember that. Now, granted, I've done a lot of drugs <laughs> and a lot of drinking. So maybe I'm wrong. But you remember Bachelor of Arts? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to skip that. I remember thinking that was silly. <laughs> okay, then you moved to New York. What did you do that for? Because I thought I was going to be on SNL. But then, but, you but, moved for the audition? Well, no. I, 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 it, that didn't happen, but then I got some, like, uh, like you can get these, for anyone not in the biz, you can get these things called holding deals. I don't even know if they happen anymore. How did you get it? How did you get one? Because I was much more confident then, and after, so I was working on a cruise ship, actually with Second City, and that was fun. So there's a little fun light for Second City. That right. was actually bizarrely super weird and fun. Um, and I was at sea for about four months, and that's when the audition happened. And say, uh, for for SNL and so like on the seas. Well, like during like I would go to Berm- I went had to go to Bermuda and like because that was one of the destinations. I didn't have to go to Bermuda. It was like one of the destinations. <laughs> and then I flew to Chicago, like did the initial thing, and then back on the boat, traveled around for a little bit, then like got off the boat and did the test and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Anyway, so the day after the one of those tests, I'm waiting around for the boat and these I got these new agents at the time and them to sort of be like you came with the right guys. They set up these general, you know, meetings. You have these general meetings with, like, I don't know, casting directors at ABC or NBC or whatever. And I'm walking around. I have that little helmet, right, from the skateboard helmet from the kid, the 12-year-old stand-up kid. Yes. And they're like, what's that skateboard helmet? Did you skate here? I'm like, no, this is from my th- – I just tested for <laughs> SNL. I'm so excited about it. And then for some reason I was like, you want me to do my uh, characters and impressions for you? If I did, I would never do that now. And I wouldn't recommend anyone do that. <laughs> that is so crazy because that could have gone so poorly. They could have just been in a room with this guy doing one-on-one characters and impressions and they would have been like, get me the fuck out of here. How long is this, six minutes? Jesus. Um, but I managed to do it and like, one of them, the, 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 the cats at ABC liked it and they, they were like, hey, let's keep this guy around for some pilots. And so I got a holding deal out of doing my SNL edition. Wow. Yeah, very weird. That's a good showbiz story. I guess, yeah, it is kind of. Yeah, it's a really good, you're right. It's one of the best showbiz stories. <laughs> that I've ever heard. Do you like uh, get paid for a year and maybe you'll do a TV show and maybe you won't? Is yeah. And, oh, and the, the, great, the great part about it is I was like, I got this holding deal. I get paid for a year. I move out to New York. I'm like, see you later, suckers. This is it now. Next stop, Hollywood. And then the writer's strike happened. And then I sort of sat around and uh, babysat. <laughs> and these fucking kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, okay, and how did you end up in Los Angeles? Your whole story is about moving. It is. <laughs> uh, there's a bit of I don't have any questions left, I swear to God. We're, we're almost done, I swear. No, okay, good. <laughs> um, I moved to L.A. because, let's see. Oh, I had worked, I'd farted around. Uh, I've always been a fan of animation and tried, tried my hand at, like, the most basic stuff. Like, you know, voice to maybe, like, a few pictures that I'm calling animation. And uh, I had this little short about these, like, three girls who were in a car and two of them were really mean to this one girl in the back and they they both you know talked like this like they were just like girls and the girl in the back was like hey I'm also involved and like <laughs> shut the fuck up Coral <laughs> they were so mad at Coral <laughs> bless her and uh, Coral's a good name Coral is a great name uh, and then I, I just I showed it to a, a bunch of people and then of all folks uh, Mike Judge John Altschuler and Dave Krinsky were like hey Beavis and Butthead is coming back this would be a great companion piece Let's sell this thing named wow. TV, and that's and then 
that did not go. But as we were writing, <laughs> as we were writing this, they were like, "Hey, we got this idea. For, we're working on a show for HBO about dorks, and we think you'd be the best, wow. the best dork of them all." And I was like, "Yeah, right. You hear that? I hear that." And I go, "Okay, yeah, right." But that was my next question. How did you get to Silicon Valley? But you're you told, yeah. you're selling your story as a, a series of good lucks, but it's also a talent, right? Isn't uh, it, right? Yeah, I th- maybe a little bit. <laughs> I think it's like I think um, my 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 hindsight on this on this on this industry is kind of like a. Um, it's yeah, I think it requires some talent. I think it requires some moxie, but it, it's like uh, let's see, controlled serendipitousness, serendipitousness in the sense that like Good word. there's some luck, but you kind of expand your odds of striking into that right. by just being proactive and doing a ton of shit. So it's like yeah. Um, that that little animated fart that I did was uh, one of many things that I was kind of peddling as like ideas or, or whatever, yes. right? Like you just got to be uh, a little octopus that with all your eight arms latching onto things. I, when and when young people ask me how to get discovered and I'm a little drunk, I always say, um, I, I say this. I feel I do this a lot when yep. I'm a little drunk. He's wagging his finger for the folks at home. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now that we're on mic, I feel uh, that uh, person and I make this up because I don't really feel this, but it's sort of true, uh, that a person gets a lucky break uh, once or twice a year, but if they're not ready for it, it's invisible to them. So uh, work all the time and be ready, and then you can see your... Uh, and it sounds good when I'm drunk. Yeah. No, it seems it sounds good pretty sober, even. Thank you. I had a margarita before the show. Oh, you <laughs> devil! <laughs> you devil! So I feel sober now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a while ago. I should no. end with one amazing question. Okay, uh, give me the best one. Uh, and I swear to God, it better be the, good. Uh, for, well, this, this is not the last question, but and I know you're gonna have to be nice, but I know it would be nice anyway because I, I know that he's nice. How's it like working with Mike Judge? Oh man, it's the best. Thank you very much. Next question. <laughs> no, it's like no, his 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 like regular voice is somewhere in between Hank Hill and Butthead, <laughs> and and like he's kind of he 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 giggles, but he doesn't throw it around willy nilly. You gotta earn it. And when he likes, he likes the scene or something, he'll come in and go like, "That was fantastic!" And you're like, "There he is! Oh my god!" And okay, at the beginning, especially, I was kind of like, I would be doing my sort of shitty hack impressions of like Butthead, just being like, "Oh, this is the greatest moment of ever!" And he'd be like, and he would like respond, and I'd be like, "Man, he's really good at doing that voice." Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's him. Uh, but yeah, he's achieved a lot of success and a lot of gain from it, and he's nothing but a sweetie and a cool dude and like cares for everything to be good and uh, yeah nice no, a good old boy really is he once uh, the second or third season of the Kids in the Hall he once uh, remember Kids in the Hall who are here in the audience he sent uh, no I'm not saying to the audience do you remember the Kids in the Hall I'm not, there's a kid in the, anyway uh, he <laughs> no said, one remembers no me <laughs> you've been talking the whole time he sent a cartoon to us and he wanted to do cartoons for the show. Oh. Um, and I think one cartoon was sort of the office space cartoon. And one was, was one Beavis and Butthead or the thing that became Beavis and Butthead. And we all liked it, but we all thought, um, uh, well, I get, we thought different things. We can't change the show. Like it's a 30, and also be more like Monty Python and we did cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, Scott, Scott, are you here? Yeah. You wrote him a letter and said that you liked it, right? I did. We made a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. Yeah, he's there. He's there. Do you do you remember? Do you want to come in? Do you want to come in? You and me and Robin and we're all we were all. Hey, Robin. Hey, hi. Hey, 
yeah. That was that was an, like an inspirational night. I'm telling you. It was one, very fun. So one at one point, gosh, I don't know. That was some <laughs> what time am I ago. doing? Why am I talking? I don't Kevin, know. I, I don't want to do this. You got horrible stories to tell about me. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a horrible story. It was a great one. I, no, that was is, a great night because I heard you talking about Nelson, BC. Remember? Yeah. Well, and then that's that's. I went over and I thought I need a new friend, and then. That was it. I'm still friends with Rob. He's yes. right here. Yes. But the idea of, and I will say this, this is like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this makes sense to you, but the idea of, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how we even got to talking, but like, I'm, I, we're up from Canada. We're like, we're, we're, little, we're little puddlies. Like, I'm at this point like a super fan, right? Yeah. And the fact that you like talked to us and like when we, we hung out, we had drinks. We did. And you like, we got I, drunk. We, we were like, we, we, were, like, we went somewhere and made, you made spaghetti, right? Yeah. Right? And I was like, and we were all just like, tell us, tell us. Kids in the Hall stories, like tell us, tell us anything, anything you want, tell us. And you were like, okay, I can't, that was the coolest thing. That was like, I took that and I'm like, you know what? I got to make sure to like when when a wide-eyed kid comes up to me, he's like, how do I do this? Or tell me about this shit to just like to tell him because that was really cool. That was the best. I think I probably said if you're sent like an amazing cartoon, go for it. Doesn't matter if, it's, if your show is different. In, uh, in, you know, take it into your show. Change your show because it's Mike Judge. Remember, Kevin? <laughs> I told you that. I, no, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, all right. That's okay. Now everyone's on it. Check one. Oh, there. I, I wasn't saying anything important. Thomas Benedict! Scott Thompson! Take your shoes. And now we are going to end the show with music, real music. What I did before was not real music. Uh, and now, Remy, are you ready to end the show with real music? I'm, thank you. I'm very excited to hear this guest, my next guest songs. Ladies and gentlemen, a big hand for Big Dipper! Oh, should I take my shoes off, too? Oh, yeah. Take whatever mic you want. Yeah, take your shoes off. <laughs> no, I'll spare the expense. How's everybody feeling? Uh, my name is Big Dipper, and I'm going to perform some um, songs for you. Uh, so uh, uh, I need your help for this first one. Um, can you repeat uh, the phrase, that's my shit? Cool, just like that. I liked it. Uh, and then uh, the next thing you're gonna say is to your dick. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound like it makes much sense, but uh, we'll hit it. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. My name is Big Dipper, and I'm addicted to dick. Okay. So then you're gonna say. That's my shit. Very good. I'm addicted to your dick. It doesn't have to be true for you. You're just participating, okay? That's my shit. So very addicted to your dick. Very good. It was a cold winter morning, brisk and biting breath, steaming face clean. Eyes shining, I'm on the prowl, on the loose, searching for my man, duck, duck, goose. The middle of the week, yeah, it's hump day, but in my mind it's always grinding bump day. Seen him posted up cute, leaning on the wall, looking at me smiling, so handsome and tall. Probably mid-40s, got a beard and a belly, want so badly for a lady down to tell me, eyes locked tight. 
Exchanging glances, not another one of my daily bromances. This was special. Feel the connection. My loins tingle, wiggle this erection. Cruising him, I'm the cruise director. TSA, I'm the package inspector. Hey, that's my shit. So very addicted to your dick. Yes, ha, I'm addicted. That's my shit. So very addicted to your dick. So it went like that. I snatched him up, took him to my place to fuck that. But we got close and heated. Just what I needed. Big beefy man, fantasy completed. Better than Craigslist, he came correct. Took off his clothes, didn't suspect. I was obsessed, I was amazed. The sexy man trick had dicks for days. My dreams came true all over my sheets. He showed me all his love and hypnotizing man meat. And better than sex, he talked so smart. Engaged my brain about music and art and culture and commerce and booze and marijuanas. I wanted to date him, always hold his bonus. Obsession was clear, no way to miss it. This man held me strong, I was addicted. Hey, I'm addicted. That's my shit. So very addicted to your dick. Yes, I'm addicted. That's my shit. So very addicted to your dick. Well, my name is Big Dipper. And I'm addicted to dick. Every day I wake up and do the same shit. Get coffee and suck dick. Every day I wake up and do the same shit. Get coffee and suck dick. Every day I wake up and do the same shit. Get coffee and suck dick. Every day I wake up and do the same shit. Get coffee and suck dick. 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 Make some noise if you do suck dick. And make some noise if you eat pussy. Good. Good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was a song about my love language. You know, for me, if you're not bruising my throat, it doesn't count. Too much? Okay. Uh, Let's do the, the next song, please. I'm gonna slow it down for a second. (laughs) This goes out to everybody out there who likes to stay hydrated. Notice the shirt. Because if you're anything like me, every day you're just so thirsty. I'll be your LaCroix boy. Crack me open and drink me down. Fizz and pop. Drown in these pebble moves, lips. I'll be your LaCroix boy. Tiny bubbles, tickle tongues. Mix and flavors just for fun. Melange in your mouth. Peach, pear, apricot, tangerine, don't ever stop. Coconut, ha! 
And that pample moose. 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 Look cry boy. Look cry boy. Pour it for your baby. Nice and slowly. Sipping all the flavors while you get to know me. Lay me down, take advantage. World open wide, we popping cans of LaCroix, boy. LaCroix, boy. You know they got those skinny cans, too. Um. Thank you. Uh, I do I do make music videos. I have a video of that song on uh, YouTube, so you can check that out. Um, that's the one song that uh, my parents listen to of mine. Because <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the first one, most of them <laughs> go left pretty fast. Um, okay, so I have one more song for you. Um, let's do it. Oh my God. This is like such a cute Monday night show, right? Is it Monday? It's Monday, right? Okay, cool. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute to me. When you hold my hand, that's cute to me. At the hot dog stand, so cute to me. Look me in the eye when you touch these thighs. Dick ride all night. That's cute to me. Cause you're the best when it comes to sex. I love that gentle touch. Love to caress the fuck. Fuck me good. Yeah, it's plain to see the way you make me feel is so cute to me. It's cute. So cute! C-U-T-E me. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute, that's cute, that's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute, that's cute, that's cute to me. When you buy me things, that's cute to me. A side of onion rings, so cute to me. It's your smiling face that puts me in a place that makes me want to date you. So cute to me, cause our chemistry's unbeatable. This cute syndrome's untreatable. Cause I'm obsessed with your pecs and chest. You wanna see fuck? That's cute to me. It's cute. So cute. C-U-T-E. That's cute to me. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute to me. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute to me. Oh my god! Wow, this has been such a great night. Thank you very much. My name is Big Dipper. Now does Kevin come back out again? Big Dipper! Yes! He was great, though I was talking to Thomas Middleditch about the brain candy backstage and I didn't really hear him, but he was great! That's the end of the show, I swear to God. I like to thank people. They write a list for me because I forget names. Uh, okay, I'd like to thank uh, Thomas Middleditch! Big Dipper! 
uh, these names I can't really uh, get the spelling, so I'm going to say them really quickly, so uh, they're, they're going to think I'm being funny and not mispronouncing them. Alyssa Lippin! Chelsea Jacobson! Thank you very much for coming. You were a really good audience. You were very nice. You didn't throw things. Thank you very much. Thank you. To my friends in the audience, I'll come out in three minutes. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.